This is your Polycast for Thursday, May 21st, your daily check-in on Minnesota politics. I'm Mike Mulcahy with NPR News. On today's edition, Governor Walls takes heat from some who say he's moving too slowly on reopening businesses and churches. Governor Tim Walls is getting some big-time pushback against his plans to allow only limited openings of restaurants and bars on June 1st. He made the announcement yesterday, and faith leaders and others quickly responded, the changes don't do enough. Our Tim Nelson talked to Kathy Werzer about it this morning. Well, you know, this was probably the most anticipated announcement since Walls issued his first shutdown order on March 16th. The state is allowing outdoor dining at bars and restaurants, but with restrictions, maximum of 50 patrons, tables seat no more than six, staff have to wear masks, and patrons have to make reservations. And of course, all the other social distancing rules still apply. Here's how Walls explained it. The virus won't allow business as usual, but I think it's going to do our best after a Minnesota winter to get out and be able to enjoy these things. So it's the local brewery or Juicy Lucy or a walleye dinner. Minnesotans are going to be able to get back out there, try and make sure we're uh, we're supporting these local businesses. And while it's not perfect, it's safe. Uh, I should also add that he's uh, allowing hair salons, barbershops, campgrounds, charter cruises uh, to open again, and uh, also tattoo parlors. But apparently the rules, the new rules, didn't go over very well. That is putting it mildly. Um, Hospitality Minnesota, the restaurant and resort trade group, put out a statement last night calling this, quote, a disastrous setback. Restaurant owners reacted as well. Uh, Brian Ingram owns Hope Breakfast Bar in St. Paul and responded on Facebook last night. Here's what he had to say. There's no lifeline for us. There's no anything for us. Again, I don't know what the right answers are, but I know that what the governor just did for us and 50 people on a patio when 90% of the restaurants don't even have a patio, we're dead. It's, we're, we're dead. Ms. Brian Ingram, the owner of the Hope Breakfast Bar that's off of West 7th Street in downtown St. Paul. Um, and Tim Nelson, I take that Brian's not alone in that sentiment. Uh, No. Republican legislative leaders were immediately critical. uh, Although on the other side, the state's nurses union was also out last night at the Capitol saying they remain very concerned about this reopening. They're worried that hospitals still aren't ready for a major surge that won't have the supplies to protect nurses. But, you know, the biggest pushback probably came from the Minnesota Catholic Conference, a letter signed by the leaders of uh, of, uh, signed by six church leaders, including uh, Archbishop Bernard Hebdes, says they're going to start masses again on Tuesday, although they aren't allowed yet under the governor's reopening schedule. I'll read a little bit of the letter to Walls. They said, an order that sweeps so broadly that it prohibits, for example, a gathering of 11 people in a cathedral with a seating capacity of several thousand defies reason. Therefore, we've chosen to move forward in the absence of any specific timeline laid out by Governor Walls and his administration. We cannot allow an indefinite suspension of the public celebration of the Mass. Again, that's the Minnesota Catholic Conference. Uh, The Missouri Synod of the Lutheran Church, that's one of three Lutheran Church synods, they also issued a similar letter yesterday. I thought the governor addressed this yesterday. Did he have anything to say about it? He did, although it was before the the letters came out. Uh, here's what he said at his uh, press conference yesterday afternoon. I think there is a very strong sense of urgency for us to figure this piece out around churches. Um, and I say that about all the businesses, but I, I do think these pieces of people's lives, we need to try and get it around. Now, state officials said they were planning to address worship services in the next round of changes, but they haven't given a date. 
And, you know, Kathy, churches and services are a hot topic right now. A Centers for Disease Control report released just Tuesday said a major outbreak in Arkansas started in a church. It infected like 40% of a 92-member congregation, killed three people. There are also reports that a few churches in Georgia and Tennessee, their early opening states, have closed again because of outbreaks in, in their you know churches. Mm-hmm. And state officials say COVID remains dangerous and the worst is still ahead for Minnesota. So getting back to the Minnesota churches, uh, the Catholic churches and the Missouri Synod, um, any indication of how this is going to be resolved? Well, the governor has a fo- phone conference scheduled with Isaiah. It's kind of a liberal-leaning coalition of faith leaders. Walls of staff say they've been in regular contact with the archbishop, but Hebda's going to be on a conference call with attorneys in about an hour, and a federal lawsuit's already been filed by a couple of other churches, so this is this is not going away. This is going to be a big deal. That's reporter Tim Nelson talking to Kathy Werzer. It's been about two months now since Minnesotans were asked to stay home to try to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Now that the stay-at-home order has turned into a stay-safe order, a lot of people are antsy for some social interaction. But with COVID-19 still spreading, many are wondering what's safe, what isn't, and what should we consider before meeting up with friends and family. Dan Crocker tries to guide us through it. Here's a good example of just how surreal this moment is. Diana Bootsloff lives in Woodbury, and she wants to drive her granddaughter to a park for a hike. So she's trying to figure out how safe that would be. I did measure my distance from my driver's seat to the rear Passenger seat. That's right. She actually measured between the seats to see if there was adequate social distancing. With a tape measure, yes. (laughs) And it was five feet, just short of the recommended six. I want to know specific guidance so that I can say, you know, I'm not just saying this because it's my desire, but I've gotten it from, you know, authorities that, yes, you could drive with someone that's five feet apart instead of six feet apart. This is just one of dozens and dozens of questions listeners have been sending to NPR News. Can I go to the cabin with extended family? What about having friends over for dinner? Can my kids have play dates? So for guidance on how to navigate these tough decisions, I checked in with some experts. First off, they all say, wear a mask, especially in crowded indoor spaces. That's to protect others in case you're infected but aren't showing symptoms yet. Also, keep six feet of social distance, wash your hands, don't touch your face. Those simple steps we've all been hearing about for several weeks now are still really important in slowing the spread of the virus. Next, if possible, meet outside. Susan Klein is an infectious disease doctor and professor at the University of Minnesota. I think outdoors is much safer than indoors because, you know, you just have a lot more air ventilation because there's a much greater volume of air, and that helps dilute out the infectious particles. Klein says the highest risk situation to avoid is a large group of people in close proximity to one another in a small enclosed space. So if you want to meet friends or family for a drink or a meal, she'd recommend wearing masks, keeping six feet apart. And I would recommend have your um, get-together outside in your yard or on a patio or or do a barbecue or something outside. I I think it's probably one of the safer social events you could have these days. But be cautious with kids. Kumi Smith, an epidemiologist at the University of Minnesota, says it's just really hard for them to keep six feet apart. So consider that a risk and think about whether it's worth it for your family to take that risk. 
and worth it for your for your friends to to be exposed to that risk. Smith also recommends having a conversation with the people you're meeting up with ahead of time. If you don't, it could be uncomfortable when you get together. I started doing that because I had a so-called socially distant picnic with friends and everyone ended up sitting a lot more closely together than I was comfortable with. And I was surprised, even though this is my job, I actually felt really awkward asking people to spread out. And here's another general piece of advice Smith says she's found herself telling a lot of people. We tend to overestimate the risk of getting COVID-19 from strangers, but we underestimate the risk of getting it from people we know. And what that means is that, you know, we really take a huge amount of precaution when we're around people that we don't know. And then we really sort of let our guard down around our family and friends. Smith says it's important to think about how you would feel if you found out you may have infected a friend or family member. That will help us all stay grounded as we navigate this increasingly confusing time. Oh, and one more thing. Diana Butzloff's question about driving with her granddaughter. Both Klein and Smith say cars are risky. But if you need to do it, wear masks. And if you can, keep the windows open. Dan Crocker, NPR News. And that's your Polycast for this Thursday, your daily check-in on Minnesota politics. I'm Mike Mulcahy with NPR News. 